back to school, back to school, to show my dad I'm not a fool. So what's it like being physically disabled but going to school like everyone else? Well, it wasn't always easy. From getting trapped in elevators to being cyberbullied in seventh grade. I'm Sam Van Alstein, and this is Wheelchair Parking Only. Hey guys, sorry, it's been a minute. Um, the last episode didn't do very well, so I got a little discouraged, but I was having a discussion with my cousin, who I regard more as a niece, because she's 13, um, and she likes my podcast, and she wanted me to do a back-to-school episode and talk about what it was like as a wheelchair user going to regular mainstream school. Um, so KB, if you're listening, this one's for you. So I'm just going to talk briefly about elementary school because nothing all that interesting happened, in my opinion, anyway. So, obviously, as I mentioned in the beginning, I was mainstreamed in school. So what that means is I went to regular classes and learned things that all the other kids learned and was not in special ed, even though I have a disability and that took a hell of a fight let me tell you and kudos to my mom may she rest in peace because she fought hard for my academic inclusion um so after preschool the districts we live in um which all three of myself and my siblings have graduated as well as my parents um wanted to put me in special ed because obviously i have a disability And my mom was like, "Mm, no, we're not going to do that because she's not mentally disabled. Um, And they were like, well, she has to go under all these tests to basically prove that she's not mentally disabled. So my mom was like, all right, cool, we'll do that. So as a young child, maybe three or four, probably like four because I started kindergarten at four, I have these memories of going to doctors and being asked questions and at one point being hooked up to like electrodes to my head and being shown pictures and being asked questions. Um, Quick little funny story, I was about four and we were going to one of the many doctors I would have to see to prove that I wasn't intellectually disabled and he was an Indian man, I remember that, because he had a turban on, um, and I remember thinking he looked like an Aladdin character, now mind you, I was like four, but this man turns to my mother and is like, Miss Van Alstyne, does your child have an enlarged head? And 
my mom was like, no, she does not. Um, so for some reason that stuck with me because I went back to the car where my grandpa was waiting because of Corey's by my parents and grandparents for the first seven years of my life. And I turned to my grandpa and I remember just screaming at him, Grampy, the doctor said is my head engaged? And he was like, what Buddha? Because my grandpa called me Buddha Lou. Um, so he was like, what Buddha? And I was like, the doctor said my head is engaged. And my mom laughed and was like, no. He asked if your head is enlarged. He thinks you have a big head. Which is true. I did. Big head aside, I started school just like every other kid um, with a little twist. On my first day of school, I had to ride in a car seat on the school bus. Um, because I was only like 20 pounds at five years old. So I got off the bus and was handed over to who I didn't know would about 12 years later become my godmother. And we had a good day. One of my favorite memories from kindergarten and early elementary school, I'm not sure if it was kindergarten, but it was early elementary school, um, was the day I lost my first tooth. It was lunchtime and I was eating a banana and it fell out and it stuck to the banana and my godmother thought I ate my tooth and that my mom was going to be very angry with her so she wrote in my take-home log that I had lost my tooth but I didn't eat it it was stuck inside the banana my tooth was so loose that it had stuck the banana and that's how I lost my first tooth in a banana um another funny story my godmother likes to remind me of from early elementary school is the one day she came to get me off the bus and I just kept screaming at her I see blue I see blue I see blue I see blue and what she didn't and what she failed to realize for a few moments was that my hat had fallen over my eyes. It was winter time and my winter hat had fallen over my eyes and it was blue. And instead of saying my hat had fallen over my eyes and I couldn't see, I just kept screaming, I see blue. school happened without too much incident nothing really exciting happened typical kid stuff and then middle school happened one of my most distinct memories of middle school is that I happened to get stuck in the elevators a lot um they were fairly new as they had just been installed prior to my coming to the middle school so I don't think they had all the kinks entirely worked out um So occasionally, I would put the key in, I would go inside, 
um, and it would stop midway, and I'd have to somehow page the janitor to come get me. <laughs> um, so that happened a handful of times, um, and various lifts and elevators and things like that. But one thing that sticks out to me a lot is in fifth grade, I almost missed my first concert. I was in choir and band, and the band was, the band room was on the bottom floor um, of the building, kind of where the cafeteria was. So we were all rehearsing before going on stage, and it was almost time to go, so the band director um, said, go on, go ahead, Sam, Um, Mr. So-and-so will be down to bring you the key to bring you upstairs Uh, so I go to the elevator bank and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and a really long time passes and the custodian never comes down to bring me the key to bring me upstairs to go on stage and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting And finally, these two boys, one of whom I had a massive crush on, come barreling down the hallway, going, Sam, Sam, everyone's looking for you. Where are you? Where have you been? I was like, I've been waiting here. Um, I was told that we're going to wait for someone to come downstairs to bring me upstairs in the elevator, because at the time, I didn't have my own key yet. Um... So I was waiting to be brought upstairs, but nobody had come, so everyone was looking for me. So finally, we get me upstairs to the auditorium, and I get to make a semi-grand entrance at 10 years old into the spring concert because I was late, but they paused the ensemble to kind of announced my arrival and I thought that was really cool um and also a highlight of my 10 year old life that the boy I liked at the time came to quote unquote rescue me seventh grade is when things started to get a little dicey and I'm not sure why um I started exhibiting what we would later figure out were symptoms of anxiety disorder and generalized anxiety. Um, I would have panic attacks where if I was alone, I would just like cry. So I had a one-on-one for school and stuff and she would leave me for one period a day, just one period, um, so she could go eat her lunch because our lunches weren't at the same time. Um, so she would usually leave me during choir, um, just in the auditorium, um, and when choir would be over, she would come pick me up, and sometimes she'd be like a minute or two late, and I noticed I would start to freak out. Um, like I would start sweating, and like hyperventilating, and just being really anxious, even if she was like, I've made it too late to come get me for my next class. 
around the same time I was in the drama club, which was an after-school program, and one time my mom was late to pick me up, not super late, just like five, ten minutes, normal things, and I remember I had a full meltdown. I started crying and sobbing hysterically. Um, just because my mom was a little late and what we would later learn well into my high school career is that I have generalized anxiety disorder, which is a pain in the ass, but it's okay. Um, another major thing happened in seventh grade as well, and I will apologize, this story might be a little triggering, so if you're triggered by mention of suicide, please do not listen for the rest of this segment. Um, in seventh grade, I had a friend over, and we were on instant messenger, aim, as it were, in 2007, and we were talking to some people, and we started talking to this girl, we'll call her Coconut. Um, and Coconut was in her grade, and she was actually my second cousin, because we live in a small town, and all our families are interconnected to some degree, um, especially if you're in mixed race like my family is. Um, so we were talking or whatever, and Coconut starts saying really, really mean things. Things like, I was retarded, um, and that I should kill myself because I have a disability, and to go join the Special Olympics. Just really hurtful, ableist things that at the time I took really hard and it made me really upset and that particular day my older brother who was four years older than I am um, was in charge so I was 12 so he was probably 16 at the time he was babysitting us um, and he came downstairs into where the computer was and he was like what's wrong and I remember covering the monitor of the computer because we had a desktop and even though I was visibly upset like I wouldn't let him see what was on the screen and eventually um we talked about it and he called my mom and dad and they came home from wherever they were and my best friend went home to her house um and my parents came home and they were like what's going on and I explained to them tearfully what had happened and my dad wasn't having it so he drove to Coconut's house and like talked to her parents and was like your daughter was very unkind to my daughter um and what I didn't know until my dad called our house from their house um, it was like, I'm bringing Coconut over to apologize in person to Samantha. Um, and I heard this and I started freaking out and I ended up calling my best friend. And I was like, oh my God, she's coming over. I have to see her. Um, 
and I was just in a panic about this. Um, so she came over and gave me a half-assed apology, um, which is all you can really do at like 12, 13 years old. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. And I just remember that all of my friends in my little friend group the next day at school, I think this happened on a weekday. It might have been a weekend. So whenever we had school the next time, um, I remember being in the cafeteria and I explained to my best friend, we'll call him Tomato, and that Coconut was like super mean to me and Tomato and I had been best friends since kindergarten. We're still best friends 20 years later even though he lives um, long distance from me. We still talk and we're still very cordial and I love him dearly. Um, and I remember Tomato found Coconut in the lunch line and was like, why are you, why were you so mean to Sam? And like confronted her about it and I don't really think she said anything. Um, but here we are over a decade later and Coconut has since apologized to me um, about what happened and we're cordial. Um, I still haven't forgiven her fully um, because you know you don't do that to someone and my best advice to anyone who may be experiencing that is to not hide it and let it be known and tell somebody what's going on so maybe you don't have to suffer alone um, but just know that it does get better and school isn't forever um there is a life outside of your education and you will become who you want to be whether you be in elementary school, middle school, high school, or even college, it isn't forever, and things will get better. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but things aren't permanent, and pain isn't permanent. So even if you're having a hard time, tell someone. Alright guys, thank you for listening, and I will catch you later. Wheelchair Parking Only is an anchor podcast. It's written and produced by me, Sam Van Alstyne. Interact with the show on social media by following the Facebook page Wheelchair Parking Only Podcast and on Instagram as Wheelchair Parking Only. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Until next time.